Welcome to Ghostly. Did Julia Brown predict her town's destruction? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or a paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat, and that's Rebecca. Hello. Hello. We are coming to you from Zoom land today. I was just going to say, if we sound a little different. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only reason why is because we have a special guest on this time. And, yeah. Uh, and the, we were. This special guest. Um, this special guest actually got the episode that we were going to do, which was Boston University bumped for uh, a couple of weeks. Um, and it's because it's just so good and I, we just really want to talk about it um and we're just really really excited for you guys to hear it absolutely yeah we um we weren't sure how it was going to go you know he reached out to us um uh brandon from southern gothic yeah and he wanted to tell us a story he's like i have a story it's perfect for ghostly you guys can debate it all of that and and we thought okay well let's let's do it and we'll we'll see how it goes maybe it'll be a bonus you know something like that but it was so good and we had so much fun that we knew it just had to be a full episode and brandon i mean he's like this charming southern guy you know it's like (laughs) like a almost a matthew mcconaughey there a little. I mean, very yeah. dulcet, very, uh, very uh, calming in a way. Yes. His voice. Um, He's got the voice. Oh, my he God. Does. He's got he does. He really voice. does. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, this is the part where, where we do shout outs. And yeah. there are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. As always, we prefer those five star reviews. This time, we will not be reading a five-star review just to prove that we will read any and all reviews that we receive. The second way is to become a member on Patreon. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar. And we we have a lot of different tiers for you to choose from. Um, some of them give you Ghostly X, which is our extra show where we're doing um, this new series that we yes. just started on secret societies. Secret and- societies. I've been really, really enjoying it because it's an idea that I've had for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, oh my God, we did Knights Templar. Yeah, very, yeah. very cool. Yeah, super exciting to explore some cre- some creepiness in a different way. Exactly. Yep. So Rebecca, can you uh, read us this review here? From, <laughs> I will uh, read this Katie review. Katie Darling too. Yes. Um, so this is a four-star review. It's four stars. Um, so I enjoy it, but then in parentheses, with a little shade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. I enjoy the show. I, sorry, I enjoy this show. I really do. And I don't mean anything in a combative way, but come on, Pat. Hmm. Can you read this in a lighthearted tone? <laughs> I will try. The thing that makes me crazy and the reason I didn't give the show five stars is that I feel like Pat is always casting shade at Rebecca. I haven't listened to the whole back catalog, but every time they give their final arguments, he likes to point out that Becca cheats and not once have I heard her go over. Thank you. Hmm. <laughs> Let it go, Pat. Uh, Becca does a really good job of telling uh, a spooky story at the beginning, but Pat is so dismissive, and I feel like the whole time Becca sounds apologetic for how spooky everything feels to her. 
Pat dismisses her evidence and his arguments don't, don't hold any more water than the evidence. He likes to chalk everything up to coincidence. How many things have to line up perfectly for any coincidence? Any coincidence is supernatural, so thanks for strengthening the argument, Pat. Or he says it's environmental, and I like to hear what he thinks it could be, but he also has no evidence to support his claims. The window could have been open. Yeah, maybe. The one where he said the door had to close really slow or really or super fast and angry. Is there some scientific research on that? I listened to one episode with a guest that was more on Becca's side, and she sounded more confident. And then it showed in the polls. That's the other thing. When Pat wins, he wins. But when Becca's percentage is over half, they tie. Nah, nah. Also, don't be so dismissive of people's feelings. That's what makes an experience what it is. I'm obviously a believer, and I really do enjoy the show, but I had to give a little shade back to Pat XOXO. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I'd like to speak just a little bit to some of these things. First of all, I, Rebecca doesn't typically, typically go by Becca. She, she goes by Rebecca all the time. <laughs> that is kind of a thing for her, too. So I make sure to do that. But uh, Rebecca is one of those people that I've known for a long time. So, you know, when you know people a long time, you just, you know, you poke a little fun at them sometimes. I mean, at least I, I do. That's my sense of humor. I mean, no disrespect for it. Rebecca doesn't cheat. Usually she did cheat in one episode, uh, which was a skeptics day episode. If you want to go back and listen to some of those, you'll, you'll hear it. And uh, it's just funny. It's just uh, some people actually tell me that they love that part of the show. Like Mondo uh, told me the other day how much he likes when I, you know, like rib on you a little bit. So, well, um, I, no, oh, sorry, you finish up. No, and I, I, you know, and by the way, the stuff that you are saying about the environmental, I've only used environmental one time, I think, and that was like the last episode. Well, I think th it depends on what you mean by environmental, but I don't think oh, that yeah. that's an invalid argument to make. I, I think no. if someone says that they felt a cold breeze, it's a valid question. Was there a window open? I don't think that's um, something to um, yeah. to avoid saying. No, uh, but I, and Katie, I just want to say, too, that I respect Rebecca 100 percent, <laughs> and uh, she is strong enough to stand up on her own. Uh, I always like when she pushes back too, and about the polls you know what I, that is a game for me I, I play that i'm the one that puts the poll results in the script that we have so i know what the poll results are beforehand and i'm playing dumb why are you revealing all of this because it's time <laughs> it's time to un unveil unveil that i secretly do a lot of the ghostly work here and oh uh, i see uh -huh. yeah i mean you do you do your stuff you know i you do, do your evidence and you do the show notes but i mean i do a lot for ghostly to keep it on the air i love ghostly i love my fans i love even the believers i love you guys all I, I appreciate and respect all of your points of view. And I don't do this. I mean, I do rib on my friends um, in, you know, in real life, but I don't typically debate people's ghost stories in real life. Just so everybody <laughs> knows. <laughs> no, we love to hear your ghost stories. And I, I don't want to um, belabor, you know, anything. It's we really do appreciate feedback. It's always fun. Uh, and I think, you know, to be honest, when I read the first um, sentence, I didn't know whose name was going to be coming. 
You know, <laughs> I enjoy the show. I really do. I don't mean anything combative way, but come on. It honestly could have been Rebecca or Pat because there <laughs> absolutely could have been um, one of our skeptic fans writing in and, and going off on me. And how can you believe that? And I mean, what a silly thing to say. You know, um, it's it's very um, it's very easy to kind of go either way. So we we appreciate it because I know that's that's part of the show. Um, but I, you know, for me, just know that um, yeah, it it we do joke with each other and. I can stand up for myself. I try my best to make good arguments. Hopefully I do. Hopefully they, you absolutely they sway do. people. You absolutely. And do. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's all, that's all we both can do. Um, and I'm good. I don't, you know, <laughs> I, you know, we, we, it's fun. So, um, so, you know, I, I understand um, that, it, you know, as a believer, it can be frustrating uh, when there's somebody that's, that's, coming um, back with arguments but guess what it's also frustrating for the skeptical listeners when the believers come with their arguments too uh, and that's why we let you guys decide right yeah, that's the absolutely. fun so absolutely. we're just presenting thoughts and then you guys get to decide but katie not to um you know cast any shade on you or anything like that i just uh, i just wanted to reveal this because i don't want people to think that i i am disrespecting rebecca i never Never would. Um, I believe in her 100%, even though I'm not a believer. I'm a skeptic, but <laughs> I believe in Rebecca and I enjoy everything that she does. I enjoy what she brings to the show. I enjoy the ghost stories. I really, truly do. I'm not against them. It just, that's what the show we is. We just had to stop him talking in the middle of the ghost stories. That's all. That is definitely, <laughs> yeah. It was one thing that I was told. I was told to stop talking during <laughs> Let the, the mood know. be. All right. Well, do you think we should move on? Yeah, I, I do. Except let's skip the polls this time. because it's No, just... no, no. We just We're talked about up. this whole voting thing <laughs> and that we need to share this information. But it's up to the listeners, right? Yeah, so, it is up to listeners. <laughs> in our last episode, we talked about the Terrace Inn in Petoskey, did, yeah. Michigan. And we had, yes, 52.6% and no, 47.4%. I'm not going to say that that's like a tie. That is not uh, a tie. <laughs> but I mean, when I say that, though, I'm joking, but it is like we are on a ghost podcast and for the skeptics to get 47.4% of the votes means something. So that means that you believers need to get out and vote even more. You need to yeah, kill well, us. I mean, kill I us think skeptics it's... in there. <laughs> well, I think it's fun because it just means that our listeners, we've got half a diverse half and, yeah we have and they a really kind of diverse go, crowd you know slightly yeah. one way or the other what was our rating uh the overall rating so people can vote on how haunted they believe something is one is um not haunted at all 10 being the most haunted kind of like what we do at the ov overall ratings although you can't give a zero because our system doesn't allow it um so 4.32 was the total uh which you know is pretty fair i would say um Terrison was um yeah, I mean, there was some compelling evidence. I what am I gonna say? It's like there, there was, there was that video. The door did close. I don't know how else to say it. Um, I will say that I don't believe that it is that that has anything to do with any kind of hauntings or anything. But you can. That's the whole point of the show. That is, uh, it's been it's been voted on. So yes. yay! <laughs> All right, so we're gonna take a quick break and then we will. Just go right into the interview then. Okay. 
throughout our time doing Ghostly, we've met a lot of people. People that don't always fit into our episode schedule. And even when they do, we try to focus on the topic of the episode and we don't really get a chance to get to know them as a person. That's why we came up with the idea of Ghostly X. Ghostly X will come out on the weeks when there is no regular Ghostly episode. And it'll have interviews with amazing people and listener feedback from previous episodes. We also can't wait to talk about the paranormal in the news. We're very proud of this project and we can't wait to share it with you. Ghostly X is a Patreon exclusive. You can start listening now by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon link in the menu bar to become a patron and help support Ghostly by listening to our brand new show. All right, so this interview is brought to you by Tarot by Ta. Ta is a professional tarot card reader with over 20 years of experience. He reads at numerous public events, private parties, and personal appointments throughout the greater Chicagoland area. He also does his readings worldwide using online services like Zoom. And the most unbelievable pet fact of this whole entire thing is that he's hashtag team skeptic. I mean, how do you get a tarot card reader that is a skeptic? Well, you need to find out. And to find out more about Ta, visit and like his Facebook page at facebook.com slash tarot by Ta. You could message him for any info as far as making uh, arrangements for readings. And he is really good, too. There you go. So let's just do this interview then, Rebecca. Yeah, let's get into this interview with, again, Brandon from Southern Gothic. We hope you love it as much as we did. He... uh has the best voice <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, a creepy story, lots of fun to talk about. And we'll see you on the other side. All right. So we are here with a special guest for our ghostly listeners. We are very excited about this. We have Brandon. Okay. I was, I was going to do it. I'm going to do it. Sheck Snyder from Southern Gothic. Yes, we <laughs> <I> did it. <laughs> so welcome, Brandon. Thanks Thank for coming so on. Much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for, for trying that last name as well. I really appreciate it. You, you did not have to. So, <laughs> But you noticed that I, I did not try it because I get in trouble for my pronunciations. <laughs> I'm a Southside Chicago boy, so I <laughs> mispronounce everything. I say sausage weird. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm in New Orleans yet. So, you know, you get, you get me going and, and people complain <laughs> about my, my, uh, my accent too. <laughs> well, we're so excited to have you. You reached out to us. And you told us that you have a very spooky story to share with us and one that you think would be very good for us to debate. Uh, And so, uh, you know, I'm excited to to hear it. But before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your pad, your podcast? Why don't you tell (laughs) us a little bit about your podcast and kind of how you got into um, the gothic stories? I guess we'll say that. Yeah, absolutely. So my, my show is called Southern Gothic. So obviously I tell Southern ghost stories as is in the name. I also talk about like dark history and true crime and that sort of stuff. Now my show is a little different than ghostly because it's just me talking. It's a narrative podcast, right? So but everything's man, re- you capture people's attention though. I mean, that voice. <laughs> I, <appreciate it. laughs> I, I did. I didn't get a choice with the voice. I wish I could. I wish, <laughs> you know, but uh, it's uh, yeah, I got lucky with it. It's probably the only reason I tell ghost stories. It's the only thing that the, that the voice lends to. 
in any way, <laughs> shape, or form there. But I, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I do is I basically tell ghost stories, dark history. Uh, we kind of stick to the more history side rather than than the kind of super paranormal because we really like to dissect stories uh, and break down the history behind it, the cultural context context things like that so it's less a skeptic versus not skeptic or anything and and more a look at the contextual else over time and we'll let you decide if it's if it's spooky or not right there you go right but we uh, ghostly fans love history so yeah i know they're going to be excited to hear but that <laughs> well, leads us people, a lot of people get into the paranormal and get into ghosts through history and uh yeah, yeah. I, I work Actually, I do I do ghost tours. I do ghost tours uh, in the Franklin, Tennessee. It's right south of Nashville. It's a little Civil War town, and uh, and I, I, a friend of mine owns a tour company, a haunted tourism company. So I do some seasonal work for her when she gets really busy. And I love going out. To, I mean, this is how much I love telling ghost stories, right? Mm-hmm. So I love going out there and doing that. But what I found in that community of those haunted tourism folks, folks like that, they all come to it because they like history first, and that and a lot of them might have even wanted to do like a daytime history tour and that might have been what they wanted to do but they found that more people were into the storytelling of the ghostly stuff and they yeah. kind of find their way moving over and ding, it's a, ding 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 I mean, the ghostly totally. word so sorry whenever somebody <laughs> no, says you're ghostly right. just naturally in a sentence <laughs> y'all sorry. do that drinking game or something yeah, we should, oh, we should maybe yeah. our listeners do yeah. i don't know but. <laughs> okay, but that that leads me to the question, Brandon. Are you a believer? Are you skeptic? Where do you where where are you on that scale? All right, what you here's what I got in general. So <laughs> I've been doing this for a while now. Sure, you know, I've been doing this over five years at this point, and we've kind of come through these different different places. And I've found that a lot of my beliefs have evolved over time because I do this. I come to this as a storyteller rather than like a parent researcher, right? Okay, so, yeah. The way what ends up, ha- as well as the fact that as a tour guide in a small conservative town of Tennessee, I know everybody's weirdest day. Because if you can imagine <laughs> this long hair ghost storyteller guy walking down this beautiful Disney World Main Street in Tennessee, <laughs> small town Main Street, um, you know, I, I stand out. So somebody wants to tell you their weird things that they've experienced. Sure. And, you know, yes. I mean, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. You know, it you, is. You kind of yeah. get that. And um, so I've, I've kind of come to it where I've I've learned a lot that makes me incredible incredibly skeptical to where I feel like 99% of what we hear is just totally not real and BS. It See, just Rebecca? doesn't you know <laughs> I, I know I know but but there is this like 1% that like I hear or yeah. something that I've been around and all that just it's unexplainable yeah and it just it lives in this space where I just don't it's to make the answer really succinct, it's almost like an agnostic belief at this point of, sure. I can't explain this. I don't know if it's a ghost. I don't know if it's this or that. And, you know, we've done all this research and understanding what like voodoo, uh, voodoo okay. spirituality is and gullics and all these different things. And man, there's something that's each, each group and each religion is found in that. And I, it's, it's just wild. So yeah. I can't answer the question in the way that most people do, but I sure as heck try. I mean, I went to Waverly Hills in December and did an oh, overnight yeah. thing. And it was like 20 degrees. We were out there. I mean, bundled uh, up and I didn't have an experience. So like, 
you know, I, I, you can, you know, you can say that that might be a cop-out answer or not, but I'll go in 20 degree weather in Louisville, Kentucky at night and, uh, mm-hmm. and look for it for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely one of our destinations we want to go to. Um, we did an episode on it, but you know what? It feels weird that we've never been there and we should yeah. go there. So yeah, yeah. One day. definitely, uh, definitely on our list. Um, sorry, because I know the listeners are going to be thinking this in their head right now. Uh-huh. Pat's good friend Mondo makes up a song whenever he's on. And when we were talking about Waverly <laughs> Hills, it was Waverly Hills. That's not where you want to be. So <laughs> I have to sing it because. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it was it was a treat. I had a blast. I bet. It, I it, bet. It, I've heard really great things about it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's so I mean you're ready for how big it is, but you really aren't, Yeah, you know, and, uh, you're there at night and they pretty much, you go kind of do a little guided tour of it. And then they just let you loose for a few hours and That's just awesome. wander Great. around. And it's, uh, you know, and it's, it's just super creepy. It's really, uh, I, I tell people a lot of times when you go to places like that and you do these stories, like you're talking about and you go somewhere, mm-hmm. there's just nothing like the power of place. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, if if this is haunted or not, the walls talk to you. Yeah. Whether or not that's paranormal or that's just, you know, the History. stories. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of stories, um, we're really excited to hear about Julia Brown. Um, that's yeah. what you're going to tell us about. And not downtown Julia Brown, right? No. That's <laughs> not a from good one. MTV. <laughs> you're aging us right now. Man. I know, right? <laughs> I do that all the time. None, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> definitely a dad joke right there. <laughs> yeah. Which and I would know. So <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell you about Julia Brown, who actually she's from down in my neck of the woods, down in southeastern Louisiana. Awesome. So uh, you know, I you know, I grew up down in New Orleans and grew up right off the Mississippi River. And um, man. you know, we were it was a cool, it was very suburban, very suburban where I lived, but, you know, we also kind of lived two blocks from her, you know, so we had kind of, you know, we were scared of kind of some of that wetland stuff and knew this, oh, yeah. this, this story. The gators? Always, I'm totally, you know, you were, you yeah. were aware of that, you know, you have, yeah. you have, I'm sure if you've watched any hurricane coverage ever, there's, there's, there's levees up and down the river oh, yeah. right, that are supposed to protect the river from overflowing. And, you know, every winter as the snow melts, the rivers get higher and then, you know, they go back down. And when they go back down, there's this like kind of marshland in between the river and the levee and kids play out there. And of course, this story just reminds me of something that I would run, I would have run into, right? Like you think you might sure. run into this in this little part of the woods, but um, the story takes place in a place it's called Frenier. And it's a small yeah. town that actually isn't there anymore, which is part of the story. And people say it's not there anymore and it doesn't exist because it was destroyed by a voodoo curse. What's more, what's what? more New Orleans, <laughs> southeastern wow. Louisiana than that, right? It's a That's voodoo it. curse. <laughs> so if you head out of New Orleans towards Baton Rouge, you head west out of New Orleans and you just end up on these long stretches of bridges over just straight up swamps swampland and about halfway between new orleans and baton rouge uh there's a spot it's called Manshack swamp where you can pull off there's this great seafood restaurant there by the way called middendorf but that's the spot that we're talking about oh now. wait do they have Middle crawfish there oh man they got it all i, I it's, <laughs> it's the place where like you are eating something that was alive at four o'clock this morning oh my god okay. i want to go that's i mean i love i love new orleans I, I love that area i love the food i love the culture mm-hmm. man you're speaking my language now Oh, this is swamp people food for sure. I mean, best fried oysters and all. 
So wow. out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, this is hands down out in the middle of nowhere. You know, they have wow. a dock right up to the back of this restaurant. Uh, but this restaurant, it's a couple miles away from, from the specific spot we're talking about, but it's the same swamp, a very isolated place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and back when we're talking about, we're going to, we're going to go back to early 20th century, early 1900s, 1915 to be exact. This town was out there and there was no way to access it at that point. You couldn't drive out there or anything except for railroad. There was a railroad that came through town. Wow. And, and obviously boats because you're going yeah. through the swamp, right? So very isolated community. It was called Frenier. Uh, it was mostly made up of German immigrants at that point. Uh, they grew cabbage out there and they were farming timber. So all the cypress mm. that was, uh, they were cutting down all these cypress trees and everything out there and making a ton of money doing it. But it was a small community. Uh, it, was, it was a small community. Uh, so so what I'm going to tell you about is this woman named Julia Brown who lived in that community and she didn't really fit into the community, Right. Uh, okay. uh, Julia Brown, uh, she was born an enslaved person and her mm-hmm. husband, Celis Brown, he actually fought in the civil war for the United States army as part of what was called the U S colored troops. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So he went and joined the U S army, the North, right. Yeah. Uh, and fought for them. And as a result, he was paid in a land grant and he was given land out there in the swamp. And that's where Julia and her husband moved out there and they owned 40 acres out there in the swamp. So they were one of the largest landowners, even in this community. Yeah. 40 acres. That's, that's huge. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, now how much of that was actual land and how much of it was marsh? I don't know, (laughs) but still, yeah, that was, that was a big deal. So, you know, they were out there probably grew cabbage. Uh, he probably that that's what they had something called Frenier sauerkraut, which was like their cash crop out there at that point. Nice. Mm. It was uh, nothing to do with the voodoo, but you know. Um, so anyway, so so Julia, she lived out there on the edge of town and all. And they say that for the longest time, because this community was so isolated, that she kind of became the local midwife, that she was actually mm. practiced voodoo. And that mm. anytime somebody got sick, anytime somebody needed something, well, you know, you'd have to take the train into New Orleans for a doctor. So yeah. if you got sick or, you know, you were pregnant or something like that, you'd go to what they termed Aunt Julia. Right? And mm. she became a really, a really important part of this community. She was a root worker, probably. Whether or not she practiced voodoo, we'll, we'll discuss later. <laughs> but that's, that, that's what they said. She practiced voodoo and was a part of the community, got along with the community. And eventually at some point, we're not sure when, uh, but Celestin actually passed away. Um, they were older. They were up in age in the 20th century there. Uh, she was obviously, like I said, she was born enslaved. So we don't know exactly when she was born, um, but obviously it was pre-Civil War. She would have been very young at that point. So uh, I believe she was in her 70s. I would have to check here. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I have my notes here, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. We believe she was born in 1845. Okay. Wow. Based on a okay. uh, based on a census record for which you can you can take that from. So, yeah. Sure. So, I mean, she was definitely she was up in age at this point in the early 20th century. Her children, of course, you know, weren't living with her. She's with Celestin. At some point, he passes away and she's out there by herself on the edge of this town in the oh. swamp. And if you can imagine. You know, all the folks there in Frenier, they think she practices voodoo and all. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of been interesting. And some folks say that they started to take her for granted and weren't mm-hmm. treating her very well. And it just kind of it started causing tension that way. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of stories, if you can imagine, about why this relationship went bad. But after years and years of her helping this town of Frenier and being this, this kind of support system for them, the, the relationship went bad. So they say that Julia would isolate herself out 
at her cabin out on the edge of the swamp and folks would see her sitting on the porch in a rocking chair, just kind of fiddling with yarn or something all day. And she would sing this song. When I die, I'll take the whole town with me. When I die, I'll take the whole town with me. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. So you can imagine these people, they don't really understand her. These are, these are German immigrants. Um, so this is blonde hair, blue eye. Look, these are people whose last name is very close to Sheck Snyder. Okay. They look like me. Right. Yeah, exactly. My my mother's, uh, Shuring. Yes. yes. (laughs) At one point, Frenier was called Schlosser. Okay. We'll put it that way. So, (laughs) so, so they don't, you know, they, they don't really, you know, have really any understanding, but this obviously scares the living daylights out of them. You can imagine, right? I mean, they don't know what she's saying. They don't know what has happened, um, but she's still sitting up there just fiddling with this. And they don't know what kind of power she might have, but but she practices voodoo, who knows, right? But she keeps (laughs) singing the song over and over again. And of course, you know what happens, right? Well, in September of 1915, she passes away. Mm. And now- as her her story said, something's going to happen here bad. And so, of course, the entire town, you know, they all go to her funeral because, man, whether or not it's because <laughs> she delivered all their babies or they're scared to death from this, this, this curse that they believe and they're going to try and appease her soul. They all go to her funeral and they, and they say her, her funeral was just standing room packed. But little wow. did these folks realize at the same time, while they're there to pay homage to this woman's life, to pay tribute to Aunt Julia Brown's life, there's this massive hurricane that is actually approaching the Louisiana coast that day. And mm. they just, they don't know what's coming. This is this is prior to named storms. It's 1915. It's a good chance they knew a storm was on its way. They might've seen it in a newspaper a day or two prior, you know, if the railroad came by mm-hmm. through a couple of copies of the newspaper. Yeah, might but not known. the severity of it though. Yeah. Exactly. No idea what's about to hit them. So they are quite literally at her funeral when the walls of the of the of the house start shaking and the winds start picking up and the storm surge starts picking up and the rain's coming down and this is a packed house and you can imagine the fear Aunt Julia said when right? I die I'm going to take the whole town with me and now at her funeral this place is just crashing oh, insane <laughs> so folks are, are they're scared. And they start going out. And if, if you know what a storm surge is, essentially, this isn't rainwater coming down and flooding. This is all that wind and all that pressure from the atmosphere pulls the water up, pulls all that lake and wow. swamp water up higher than normal. It's sucking it up. And it goes 12 feet higher than it normally is. And the town is being flooded. Folks are running any which way they can. A handful of them, about 25 of them, get out to the train. They get on the train and the conductor tries to make it down the line to save them. And they only get a few miles down the road. Folks are running to their houses. People are hopping in their bureaus, taking off, doing everything they can. They say people were climbing trees to get away from the water because they were so afraid. But of course, that day, over 200 people died in the course of this hurricane. Over to the folks in the trees have described it as they could hear their fellow townspeople screaming as they drowned mm. in the water below them. Oh so my God. Massive, massive, massive death. The town is completely destroyed, absolutely water and obliterated. And that town has never come back. 
to this day. If you go down there, there's a swamp tour down there that mm-hmm. actually the, the folks even own part of the property that Julia's on. You can go on a swamp tour kind of in that neck of the woods. And uh, there's a little, another little restaurant that's up on these giant stilts out there. I mean, they're, you know, they're <laughs> yeah. ready to go, you know, and a little further down is that, that wonderful restaurant that, uh, that, that I, mm-hmm. that I, that I like to go to. So there's nothing there and there hasn't been for all of those years wow. after that. They say it's just never come back. So so I'll tell you, I'll leave you with that and just say, you know, obviously the mystery of this, well, let's, I'll tell you some of the ghosts as well. Most of the mystery surrounds whether or not Aunt Julia actually destroyed the town. Was she a voodoo priestess or not? We could probably spend hours debating that. And, sure. you know, and I have a lot of, a lot of historical documentation we can even kind of talk about as well. But, you know, of course, because of that, folks have claimed that when they're out there in the swamp, you can still hear the echoes of some of those folks drowning at night people screaming mm-hmm. at all. Wow. And on top of that, what we know as well, which is even documented in a newspaper article, is that Aunt Julia's body floated away that day in that that casket, floated away, her body disappeared, casket was found and that's all. <gasps> so, oh I mean, people are, people have heard her laughing out there. Wow. Uh, there's as I mentioned a little earlier, we we found somebody on Reddit about 8 years ago um, actually posted a story about stopping out on I-55 out there. And, and they stopped because the, the woman, she was pregnant and she had to go to the restroom and her, so, you know, she's like, I've got to go now. And like, there's yeah. an exit because these long bridges in the swamp, there ain't a lot of exits. Okay. So they right. found this one exit and a story about she's out there, you know, hiding behind the truck. And this old woman comes by and she's laughing and says hi to him. And, and, then she disappears and there's this so you know so there have been some people who have said they've cited her there the traditional ghost stories most of the mystery revolves around look was is this really on julia's doing so um i'll leave that to y'all ask away however let's go the ghostly way take a shot right (laughs) (laughs) well i just want to just to comment a little bit on the history some something we like to talk about sometimes is just kind of like kind of placing things in the world and Mm -hmm. like when so I came into this cold, like Pat yeah. did send me an article and I kind of mm. looked at it and then I was like, no, like, I just want to hear the story from you and yeah. like, go with it. And like, I was imagining something like a hundred, like 200 years ago, not yeah. just like a hundred years ago, you know, like 1915, like that, that's world war one. Like, that's not even mm. like. I mean, it, it is a, a while ago, but like my grandma right. was born in 1918. Like, you know, it's not like it's that long ago. So it feels like crazy, but that I also know because it was this isolated town and it's like, it feels like that was like a moment of time where things were kind of moving from kind of like, I don't know, being more open to belief, you know, to being more modern. Like when we get to the twenties, you know what I mean? Like things are a little bit like different. Um, and I don't know, I, I like just any yeah. thoughts on like how that time frame maybe yeah, played it. a part. Yeah. I don't know. It's an yeah. interesting thought. I, so. Well, it's, uh, it's interesting. You're right. Because when I think about what's going on down in new Orleans at that point, so if that's the closest spot and you're talking mm-hmm. about 1915, um, it is, it's right before world war one. Um, mm-hmm. So you're looking at that, you have, that's the birth, that's the time, the birth of jazz right there. Right. Um, that yeah. is, uh, you know, that is, if you want to picture what New Orleans looked like at that point in time, this is the spot in time when 
um, that new interview with the vampire TV show came out. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, they kind of repositioned when it was. That show is awesome, by the way. This is the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's incredible. They, they put it, this is the time of Storyville, you know, when you had, had the legalized sex work Mm -hmm. in New Orleans, uh, jazz house of the rising sun kind of thing. And absolutely very, it's a, it's a city that is attempting to get modern at that point, yeah. just mm-hmm. like you're saying. So you're getting cars coming out at this point in time. Uh, this is the same time frame as the axe murderer, actually. So, oh. he, you know, the New Orleans axe murderer. So yes. um, whether or not you believe he was connected to the previous man named as the Cleaver, which was in, I believe, 1914, the axe mm-hmm. murderer, I think was 18, 1918 and 1919. Mm-hmm. Um this particular period of New Orleans history and right there, and part of the reason I even bring up the axe murder is it's a, it's a period of, of a lot of immigration mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why these German immigrants were there because New Orleans is a port city at the end of the day, right? It's a port right. city. It's why I don't sound, I don't sound Southern. A lot of people say I sound more Canadian than anything because, you know, I grew up around all these, I have a, my best friend's family was very Italian, right? And even though <laughs> I had your know, German ancestry, you know, all my ancestors spoke French and, you know, and it was this really weird amalgamation. And that period at the turn of the 20th century was the final part, because that's when a lot of Italians were moving in. There's another wave of the German culture moving in. So um, I'm you're in Chicago. I mean, it's a similar similar at that point in time in Chicago as well. So, so Chicago and and New Orleans are very connected. I mean, if it wasn't for New Orleans, we wouldn't be Chicago. And if it wasn't for Chicago, you guys would struggle to have been New Orleans as well. Oh, Very absolutely. connected with because them. of all the trade and stuff that yeah. went through. Uh, and, and I struggle with this story because Julia Brown, there was a Julia Brown. Uh, she was actually Julia Bernard until she got married. And right. so that's fact. She existed. Uh, it's fact that people did hear her playing her guitar. And she did that all, all the time. That is noted in history. And it's, I struggle with it because of all the facts that go along with this. Yeah. Um, man, you picked a good one. <laughs> well, let me, I'll tell you, let's, let's go through some facts here. So this story is extra interesting. And so as, as you kind of, you know, go through it, we'll look at how this story came about. Right. So we do know that we've got census records. So I'm just looking yeah. right here at some notes here and, um, you know, that, that my sister, I, I guess I didn't mention on air here, my, my sister, Brianne, she's my partner on Southern Gothic. She's my introverted partner because she's an archivist by trade. She's got yeah. a, she's a researcher by trade, works at the Louisiana state museum and, a we lot need of her. Reason. Yeah, exactly. we do. <laughs> I know we all do. She's the brand mm-hmm. behind the operation. So, you know, while I definitely, you know, research and write a lot, uh, it would not have, it, it definitely would not have the, the, the real authenticity to it if I didn't have her around sure. uh, and doing this. And this story really is one of her babies. She's got all of these stories that she's gone. We did an episode on it and she's like, I'm not done. And has wow. never given up. So, so this is one we've sent out for records at the National Archives. We've sent out for re- all these sorts of things. I mean, we've mm-hmm. paid to try and get records, do stuff for Julia. So, so I have a lot. So let's see. So right now, just staring at what, what she's kind of put in front of me here tonight. Uh, we've got a census record in 1880 uh, mm-hmm. with Celestin and Julia. And they are living there in the swamp at that point in 1880. It says at this point in time. Uh, they are somewhere around the age of 35, which kind of tracks with that 1845. Mm-hmm. Now sure. they say she was she was born enslaved. Now we don't know that. We don't actually have a record saying that she was born enslaved, right? Yeah. 1845 in New Orleans. New Orleans did have a fairly sizable population. They called them the free people of color uh, in the city in New Orleans. That had different. It was a very 
it, it was for that point in time was very progressive in the way that it worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were if you were enslaved versus well, those are mostly like Creole people then, right? Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. it would have been a mix of stuff and um, a mix of different cultures at that point, but they, yeah. they did have kind of different sets of rules there. So, you know, maybe, maybe she was, maybe she wasn't. We don't, we don't totally know. We know that she couldn't read or write from the census records. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that, well, again, this is self-reported census records and she couldn't read or write. So, you know, you take this for what it's worth. It says that there was a mother born in Virginia and then mm-hmm. Celestin as well had a mother born in Virginia. Now, Again, Uh-oh. those are self-reported to somebody who's jotting down notes. We're not hundred mm. yeah. percent. That's an 1880 census record. You would come on down the next 10 years, you know, every 10 years we found another census record. Same thing. This one actually says Celestin's born in Texas, you know, a little different, right? Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it's got the father and mother born in Virginia. He's a field laborer. That's what they called him. And he couldn't mm. read or write either. Um, so again, with labor, that's why we would assume that they probably were out there farming at yeah. that point, based on what those records look like. Now, they do say in 1890 that they did have three living children from what we can make out by the handwriting and all. We got Matilda. Mm. We have a daughter that is S-E question mark, couldn't make out the rest, and a son mm. named William. And we've never been able to find them outside of this record. That's very wow. interesting. So never been able to find them otherwise. So we do know, like you're saying, they lived in this spot. Yeah. They lived in St. John the Baptist Parish. So this is this is pre. We've also find, found their marriage record. Uh, found oh, their cool. marriage. So they got married there. No more information than that. So so they're real people, like you mm-hmm. said. Yeah. But the uh, the biggest one, and this is where you can kick off your next line, is we hit, let's see, I guess it's two, three days after that. The hurricane was September 30th, 1915. Well, in 1915, on October 2nd, the New Orleans Times-Picayune ran an article about her funeral. Oh, wow. All right. So now I want you to hear this, especially if we're going to go skeptical or not, because you'll notice the absence of something. And I am going to slightly change the language because it's quite dated based Mm. on race. Okay. So I'm just going to avoid those. So many pranks were played by wind and tide. Folks had gathered for miles around to attend the funeral of Aunt Julia Brown, an old woman who was well-known in that section and was a big property owner. The funeral was scheduled for just says o'clock and aunt julia had been placed in her casket and the casket in turn had been placed in the customary wooden box and sealed at four o'clock however the storm had become so violent that they left the house in a stampede abandoning the corpse oh i was wrong earlier the corpse Mm -hmm. was found thursday and so was the wooden box but the Mm -hmm. casket never has been found Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's weird, though. I mean, that's how would they find you know the corpse and um, they they found the the like the box, but they can't find the casket. That's weird. I mean, I guess you just got dumped. Everything was yeah. knocked out. Probably. Yeah. It's sure. It's scary, probably. But, yeah. Yeah. It probably so, smashed up against something. Someone yeah. probably used the wood to build rebuild nose. I know they were floating on it out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Very right? Titanic style. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that was in the times picky you. And so we have a real life article two mm-hmm. days after this supposed curse took place. So but it I, did happen. It happened that day. It happened the day of the hurricane. Like we know all of this. Yeah. But yeah. where, where there's questions though, is the curse itself. Like, is that a curse? And I would, I would, so, I mean, I've looked into voodoo before and voodoo is not all that you think it is. It's not this dark thing all the time. It is more about healing energy and protection than it is about curses. I mean, there are some curses they can do, 
but I don't know, to me, it's more about healing and everything. So that's where I I have a problem with. I think it's more coincidence that she happened to sing a song about taking the town out. Well, do we know, or do we have any record of her practicing again, healing? Like you said, people like that, that people would go to her pregnant women, like has there been any proof found of that? Or is that just more like people said? So what we have here. Okay. So the, the notice, the thing that you see, you guys, you guys, I was trying to tee you up. You missed one thing on this article Uh-oh. here. There's oh, okay. one word that's very important that was never said there that you're kind of on the close to. It never even mentions voodoo. No, it doesn't. You no. Know. But then again, you know, you or probably, the curse. Yeah. you probably wouldn't go around telling people that you're a voodoo priestess, you know, just yeah. because, Yeah. A newspaper well, article maybe wouldn't say that. Yeah, I yeah, know. yeah I don't, you know, it's it's up to interpretation. You know, obviously, like I said, I, I changed about three words there that were a little outdated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, to race. So I mean, I, they they certainly weren't shy with the stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, words, right. You know? So back then, yeah, they would have yeah. maybe said that. About, you know, yeah, totally. So, but you know that this is the first instance we're actually seeing a document. Yeah, right. that document don't know and. Uh, mm-hmm. But to your question about when it came out, now we have a small gap in our research here. There is a library out in St. John the Baptist Parish that has been closed since um, Hurricane, oh gosh, I can't remember, Ivan? It closed, the main okay. branch closed. They have French language newspapers out there, only in French, oh, on the wow. microfiche, haven't been able to make it out to get my sister to sit in front of them and, and mm. translate. Okay. She's the smart one. All right. So <laughs> maybe, maybe there's something in here, but in 1972, this newspaper called L'Observateur is a local newspaper. I uh, had an article called the death of a settlement was 1915 hurricane, which wrecked for near foretold. So it was a question. So we know at some mm. point between 1915 and this article in 1972, this story came out. This story yeah. took place, right? So we know that we don't we don't know when we don't know where, if it was oral history, if it was true, if it wasn't, right? Now this article obviously it notes that she's a voodoo practice or voodoo practitioner and all, but there's one key thing about it. It says foretold, and what they did is they yeah. talked to a woman uh, named Helen Schlosser Berg, and now Helen survived the hurricane, and she okay. was a child when she survived. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she was probably, you know, I don't, I don't have the date, and th- that would be an interesting point to know. I don't know how old, but she, she grew up down there, and she knew, you know, mm-hmm. and survived it as a child. Her parents got out. She was one of the people that were on the train that day and went and ran oh, to wow. the train. Okay, so she says in it, she says, I don't know in any way, shape, or form if if Julia was cursing the town. I don't know if she was a voodoo priestess or not, <laughs> but. Mm. She said that from what she understood about her, she didn't think it was cursing her, that she was not that kind of person. She might have actually been just, like it says, foretelling. Oh, yeah. like warning. Yeah, yeah warning them. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that was that was her take. And that was 1972. And, you know, there's a couple of things pop up over the years, and of course. But, you know, as I've noticed over time, and maybe you guys get this with stories too, um, and- 
And down here in the South, there's very, very keen marking points on when stories kind of change and evolve over time. Sure. You know, we kind of just have these points where it's, you know, plantations become bed and breakfasts, and all of a sudden they're haunted, you know, mm-hmm. and we want to get butts in seats, right? And things like that with the with the plantation. So you have that kind of period in the 80s where, you know, all of a sudden you have new haunted tourism. But when TV shows of sort, of course, started coming out, mm. that was a blossoming thing. So one of the earliest paranormal TV shows in 2009 called Extreme Paranormal. It was on MTV and it only yes. four shows. And Julia Brown was on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she was number one. That was the first one they went wow. to the Wow. And this is the reason why we even, we even got into it because apparently my sister saw this when she was in like high school or in college. I can't remember that. Couldn't shake it. Could yeah. not oh, shake wow. it. So there's this story out there. So, but at this point in time, 2009, she's full blown evil priestess. Oh, okay. of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, we are out here. This is reality TV. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is early ghost adventures, you know, and some more starts coming out. You know, there's something called Haunted Highway comes out in 2013 and they go that uh, the big one that came out in 2014, the Weather Channel had a TV show. Oh, the, yeah. Isn't that wild? It's called yes. American Supernatural, Super uh, mm. slash Natural. Uh, and of course, uh, they, you know, talked about these deadly weather things and a voodoo hurricane was one. And that really was the key point where she on that show became full stereotypical. They're showing yeah. a woman with the turban type thing, right. full on voodoo evil priestess. Yeah. Um, like competing with Marie Laveau and everything, probably. There's and, even yeah. somebody says that she was Marie Laveau's cousin. But okay, yeah. look, anytime you hear a story about a voodoo <laughs> person, whether they're in Savannah or anywhere else, they're always Marie Laveau's cousin. So it's kind <laughs> yeah, of a exactly, yeah. You know, I've heard that over the years. And and I've heard some other stuff. I've heard, you know, a, a voodoo a practitioner down in New Orleans now has records saying, you know, something. But anyway, so yeah, so we, we kind of see this pattern and that's kind of come and gone. Over there's a book came out about the hurricane and they interviewed Helen Schlosserberg right before she passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she lived very long. I think, well, he interviewed her years before he wrote the book, but uh, so there's an interview really describing a lot of the destruction that day. And they briefly mentioned Julia, but again, doesn't really get into, you know, her being mm-hmm. this awful thing. The weather channel is really the place that, that does and more come out more, you know, obviously again, you know, we got all kinds of TV shows, haunted USA on travel channel, a couple books come out and things where she's kind of included very, uh, a very small place. Um, I think, uh, we came out with our first episode in 2018 on it. Um, and the only reason I even bring that up now is when you, when you study the way things evolve and then you put something out, you end up involved in it. Yeah. Yeah. Now new things we see, we end up in their bibliographies or something. And so you're like, oh man, we're making this worse. (laughs) um, But the key one that I wanted to get to and coming through all this, because there's of course more, you know, morbid covered it, that podcast covered it. And you know, it's been in other books, but and I'm sure Zach Baggins wanted to go down there at some point, you know. I you know, I'm I bet at some point it will (laughs) be the cabin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but uh the one key one that really goes into this final element of the mystery is in 2020, a show called Atlas of Cursed Places went down there. It's called the Curse of the Bayou. And mm. it was a very, it was a short run TV show. I think it's on Disney plus now. This is actually really well done. Um, I guess 2020, it probably stopped production because of, because of the, uh, you know, the, um, 
um, the pandemic, right? It probably is one of those that got lost in production, but he went down there and he did an entire episode on it. It it was fairly well, um, fairly well researched. We don't really, I mean, I don't have any, I didn't find anything too fanciful, but he basically posited at the end, he viewed it and kind of treated it like this was a warning because what they're doing out there in Frenier is they're chopping down all these cypress trees out there. They're Mm -hmm. making money off this timber and they actually are destroying her home. They're yeah. destroying the swamp out there. And at the same time, what they don't realize is that this, this type of lumber harvesting down in the swamps is one of the reasons why hurricanes like Katrina are so oh, bad. Yeah. Yeah. This is the stuff that protects us. So, so that's this final point that really posits a kind of a, a new kind of shift back in. Yeah. I, I joke, you know, you go through the, you know, the early 2000s stereotypes of early TV shows, mm-hmm. and then you hit 2020 and we're all environmental interests and Julia becomes a environmentalist, (laughs) you know, but again, you know, it's, it's certainly, you know, you can kind of go through that gamut. So that's kind of a timeline of this story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just really hard because, you know, Julia or anybody in the town, they're not making money off of this. So, and the story you're like that originated there. So it's hard for me to really say, I would say probably her prediction of the town ending probably came after the fact that she, um, that, you know, like after she perished and then the town went up and people were like, well, she was a voodoo queen and she probably, yeah. you know, put this curse on it. And then it probably came from there. But I have no way of knowing that for sure. Yeah. So like we usually give this a rating. We usually uh, <laughs> yeah. go from a zero to a 10 on how haunted we believe something is. And I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go four on this one. And which is which is really high for me, Brandon. That is right. So, so if it's so if he's it's a ten, really she's like high. full blown. Yeah, curse like the, the most haunted thing ever okay. to happen. So four, four for is me, unheard yeah. of for you. Really? Yeah, that's it is very high. I've only given one other four, and that was for like a near death uh, experience kind of thing. So this mm. is this yeah. is big because I have nothing. That I, I I can say she existed. Um, she did play her guitar. People did, um, mention that. So it's like, it's just really difficult for me. You know, again, in that art article, it doesn't say that she, you know, was talking about the town being brought down. So I wonder if that happened after the fact, but that's just, I'm just guessing at that point. Right. So there's no primary sources saying that she actually said this. Yeah, we yeah. Can, right. We can say that. yeah. Right. So now, Pat, when you see that though, you're not necessarily saying she cursed the town. You're saying she you're for No, I don't think it was is I, I that she yeah. was able to foretell or like yeah. predict. Yeah, foretell. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Gotcha. I think the thing, the one thing that kind of sticks to sticks out to me a little bit is the the woman who was a child, right? That was on the train. Because she was a child, my guess would be that her parents or whoever, you know, survived with her told her the story, right? Like, so again, it's not a first person account, right? Like, it's not like she necessarily heard it herself, but she was told stories like people believed that, you know, she knew it. Um, And I think it does make sense to me to say that, you know, she had lived there for so long and maybe felt more of a connection to to the land and like maybe she wouldn't have known like the like we like we would know today the environmentalist <laughs> like reasoning <laughs> know, you know, know the science yeah. reasoning yeah. but you might know like hey you know what i mean like these the, when we've had bad storms before 
the trees help protect us or something like that. And so it's not crazy, but what I don't, it's a little bit like, but when I'm gone, the town will be gone. Like if that is in fact what she said, and I don't know if we have like any source material for her saying that it doesn't necessarily sound yeah. like it. Like, so who knows mm-hmm. if someone made that up at some point that she yeah. actually That's said the that. ultimate question in all of it. That's exactly yeah. it. I, you know, it's kind of, we kind of hope somewhere in that, that gap we have of 50 years that one of those French language newspapers will be something mm-hmm. closer to the date that might say it or not. Oh yeah. Who knows? That was right. The, yeah. You somebody, know, you know, say even that seventies article doesn't actually quote the song. Yeah. Right. It yeah. doesn't actually quote the song. So, you know, yeah. there's, uh, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's that option there. But. There's an intent thing. Well, and I wondered, and it does, I mean, so I'm also trying to put myself in the place of these German immigrants coming in. I mean, if you think about it, like this is like alien land, you know what I mean? Like how oh, yeah. different could this be? from where you came from, like even coming to like the Chicago area or New York or something like Ohio, like it's different than Germany, but it's nothing like going yeah. to the Bayou. Oh, I yeah, mean, especially you know, the swamps. Like, yeah, the that's, swamps. that's like, it. Yeah, and yeah. so, and, and definitely there's race involved there, right? Because yeah. you, they've heard stories and you know, whatever. And so I'm sure, I'm sure it would be very easy to escalate. So I guess for me, while I would say, I feel like, yes, it's very possible that maybe she did warn people or get upset at people, you know, like you said, there was, and maybe there was animosity and all of that. I don't know that I, I feel like I have any proof that she cursed the town, but that doesn't mean it's not haunted. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's like, Rebecca that's always a, finds her angle. Yeah, yeah. Because you go back to that Reddit post right and yeah. and the idea that the stories aren't necessarily about her right i mean yes she might be a part of it but the ghost stories are of the people who died yes. in the hurricane you know and that's a that's different you know like so that yeah. that's where for me as a ghost person i'm like well that's mm-hmm. certainly possible and i'm yeah. curious if there's any other firsthand accounts of people saying you know that they've heard the, so, the cries or anything that's that. a whole as well so i've i've heard a lot of discussion the cries of the folks who remain one yeah people mm-hmm. talk about out there you don't hear a lot of stories about julia still being out there um mm-hmm. the reddit thread it was 2015 mm-hmm. when this person posted there i have not found any other personal accounts Okay. You, know, you guys know when you go and you read a book, it's hard. You know, sometimes, like people say, local, mm-hmm. local you know, right. like, you know, I, I don't, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's people say, but, you know, it's like, well, my, you know, my papa told me that. Yeah. Know, right. You know, and so I don't, I don't. That, that Reddit thread is probably the main one, but uh, that Reddit thread, while it does give a very colorful, you know, and somewhat believable depiction of this chain of events. Um, and it doesn't talk about her in it. Mm. Okay. It doesn't mention that this is her. It's in the comments that people start saying, this is who, who oh, we think it is. Right. And so okay. there's even, you know, so they even came back and kind of edited on the bottom there, you know, that this is, you know, somebody sent me this, this could be it. Now, that being said, if you, we want to go skeptical here, you know, if you want to, if you want to go further back to zero, um, to that is the point in time 2015 is 
that would probably be right after the channel show came out when it was full on cackling mm-hmm. voodoo priestess. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it had kind of reached the next level out of local lore and had moved into a little wider audience. Yeah. Now the so that part of it, like the woman coming up and you know laughing and introducing whatever, uh, that to me that I go zero on. I don't believe that at all. Yeah. I'm just going on the guitar playing, singing the song. Man, that is. Oh. I love it. <laughs> like, yeah. So if you average I mean, the two together, it's yeah. still a zero there. Yeah. But yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's for me as far as like her maybe making a prediction, her and, uh, you know, and I don't know. Like, this is where we get into, you know, you're talking about the 1%, right? Yeah. Like, is there, was there something about her where, there was some part of her that knew this was coming. Not that she made it happen, but that she could feel that there could be a storm or, you know, that there was some, there was some part of her that had a predictive piece of her and that she almost like, I don't want to say like willed her own death, but kind of, you know what I mean? Like, like, like had a, had a prediction, like had a feeling, had a, what, you know, that, that, that again, that is otherworldly. That is not like a thing that we can prove in any way, shape or form. But she played Um, guitar, Rebecca. Come on. You did. You got to believe this then. So no, so no. So that that's where I, I get, I, I'm like at a six, you know, like a possible, like of that again, not that she, I don't know that we have enough proof for cursed, but right. you know, trying to warn people, you know, being like, whatever, I'm not taking, I'm not helping any of you. I don't know, whatever. Maybe right. you know, there was somewhere in there. As far as like ghosts, there, I, you know, that seems possible to me. I'd probably also be at a six with that. Like, I don't know that we have a lot of proof of of a lot of sightings or anything, but also seems like there could definitely be some negative energy there. So, you know, the swamp is creepy, y'all. You oh, it is. Yeah. yeah, you never know, but. I did a I did a swamp tour in New Orleans and I met Peter Steele of Typo Negative on on that tour and it was just me um and my people and him and his girlfriend or wife or something like that at the time oh, and wow. it was the guy was really trippy and it was a crazy location and the, he was asking like what's the pH uh level in the water here and what's what birds are indigenous to this area? <laughs> and I'm like, that's what you're focusing on. Yeah. No. Oh man, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of typo negative in a while. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that swamp down there. There's no telling what's in it. You know, there's yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of other history down there, of course. You know, that's the mm-hmm. the spot where you you know you got the Rougarou running around down there in those swamps. That kind of yeah you know, cryptid fable. There's there's Fifole. You were talking about the German immigrants coming down there, and, mm-hmm. you know, and that was kind of of the the Cajuns when they came in. They they believed that there were these like haunted spirits. But um, if you do go the route with voodoo, and you do believe she practiced voodoo, you know, to your yeah. point earlier, you'd mentioned about you know what voodoo's about. Now, I will in no way, shape, or form speak for exactly what the religion is or what the practice is. You know, the mm-hmm. practice itself, they they often say it's more like a lens to view the world. So yeah, it's almost mm-hmm. like as a religion, a lot of a lot of that world and everything practices Catholicism at its core, mm-hmm. but the voodoo is kind of the 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 outer shell, the ritual aspect mm-hmm. and the part that yeah. you know is there. Um so particularly what voodoo is 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 almost more a 
a interaction with the other with you with your ancestors it's an ancestral mm-hmm. piece and mm-hmm. so you you have these people like you have like the papa legbo and you have all these kind of these sure. individuals that'll be summoned that are all and they're they're there to help you interact with your other ancestors and all they're kind of gatekeepers mm-hmm. otherworldly and so you know you exist with that and there's even kind of uh, again I, I will butcher this so please if, if you're really <laughs> truly interested in and voodoo, um, don't take my word for it, but you know, there's even kind of the, the basic understanding that your soul kind of exists in different ways, even after you pass. So you, mm. you kind of end up with, you know, like your spirit and your soul and these things, you know, interact differently, but your ancestors are always looking out for you and that's who you're talking to. And that's who yeah. these kind of, you know, the, the classic voodoo characters, when you do these rituals, you're trying to get information, um, from, from your ancestors. So if we were to look at it from that framework of, of she really did practice voodoo, this really mm-hmm. was part of her religion, then you're right. I mean, that's what, that's what it is. You're honoring your ancestor and you're getting protection. So you might be getting information. From right. Them, right. Uh, you know, voodoo has this awful, you know, horrendous thing. Voodoo got a bad name uh, because of Haiti, of course, down mm. there. Uh, you know, that what it was, that was, that was a, a, um, a rebellion of enslaved people that won. Yeah. So in America, of course, how do we, how do we, (laughs) how do we instill fear and all the white people in this antebellum America? Um, You know, voodoo is part of that, right? That's part of what their religion was. So there's a a demonization. And unfortunately that just stuck around for a long time. And it stuck around even to, you remember that movie Skeleton Key? Oh my Um, gosh. One of the scariest movies that and Serpent in the Rainbow, two of the scariest (laughs) movies I've ever yeah. seen in my mm-hmm. life. And yeah, they're like, yeah. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a terrifying, terrifying skeleton yeah, I mean, key that messed me up. Yeah, I don't know I mean, what it was, totally, but I was totally not ready voodoo. for that. Yeah. But yeah. It was. Oh it was, yeah. Like it was crazy. Yes. I mean, that's yeah. No, like well, how would that or, be something? Yeah. Believe it or not, we have a shop in Chicago that specializes in voodoo, um, more specifically hoodoo voodoo, which uh-huh. is a type of voodoo. Um, they do a lot of like um, mojo bags and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, awesome store. But I mean, we have voodoo culture over in Chicagoland area too, which is yeah. crazy to think of. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. a lot of, a lot of migration, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, but that's um, interesting. To th- I'm sorry, just really quick before we finish up, just yeah. that um, super interesting story. I like it. I love it. It's, it's awesome. so crazy to think about and like i can i now i'm now i want to know what those papers say yeah <laughs> at, I know, that, I know. at the We're library i want to find out more because you know like you know people talked and so it's just a question of who did they talk to and did anyone record it you know yeah. anywhere so yeah, mm, yeah. interesting it'll, it'll be interesting or it will be a total brick wall anybody yeah. who does genealogy knows you know you think you got the, we when we found this marriage record it was and we thought we were going to find the next next thing. We saw there's a marriage record digitized. You can go get here, and mm-hmm. you know we it took us like a week to get it because you had to go to a library that had this special, you know, subscription mm-hmm. to this service, and and uh, went to it. And we thought this was it. We're going to find their name because marriage records have parents' names on them. Usually. Yeah. Right. So we thought we would actually find something to verify hard name, like you guys were saying. And yeah. Sure. Really excited about it, and then I go get that marriage record and send it to my sister, and there ain't. Nothing new on it. Wow. <laughs> there's, a little, I take it. there's a little bit, but it wasn't, you know, the breakthrough. So right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
But, yeah. um, you know, but it's uh, it's it is a fascinating story. So I, I'm glad I got to come on and, and tell you guys about it. Yeah. And I, I love that you guys are so interested in all the little nooks and crannies of the story as well, because that's what I find fascinating. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I mean, I analyze everything like that. And when yeah. we do a history, you know, I only include just the facts in mind. You know, I will only say this is factually what I know to be true. Um, whereas, you know, Rebecca's. um Gives the facts of the ghost stories. (laughs) But I mean, she talks about like the legends (laughs) and the myths and stuff like that, which I love to hear. It just, that's, you know, not my bread and butter because I'm, I'm not a believer. So it's, it's difficult (laughs) for me, but I give you a four. I mean, that's, that's pretty high. Well, I'm excited because I definitely think we have to put this out for a vote for ghostly listeners to vote. And we'll, we'll find out what they say as far as uh, if they think it's uh, wanted or not. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brandon, for coming on. Uh, where can they find you? Sure. You can find me on all the major podcast apps. So anywhere you listen to Ghostly, you can find Southern Gothic as well. Um, or you can come to our website, southerngothicmedia.com. Uh, we're also on the Facebook and the Instagram and all that kind of stuff <laughs> under Southern Gothic, the podcast. So uh, yeah, come on out, hook up with us. And we would love to have y'all check out a couple of shows. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we we've been listening to you for a little bit now and um I just I I love the way that you tell the stories and I love that you don't uh, put your own opinion in it. You know, it's just you're just saying what the story is and that's Well, I, yeah, it's great. Sorry, I was going to say it's a vibe. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Like that's what I like that's when I listened to it I was like this is like I'm in a mood. I want the creepy yeah. music. I want the creepy story. I want, but like, but like real history with context yeah. and like all the things, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like it's definitely like you're 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 in a you're in a in a place, you know, like you feel it. So yeah. that's really really. Well, fun. I'm, I'm glad that hit a mark. I want I want you to feel like you're in the swamp with me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brandon, and for our ghostly listeners. You know, we really want you to check them out. Uh, go to. Um, go listen to them anywhere they yeah. you can find podcast Southern Gothic. I found it on Apple Podcasts. That's where we listen to it at. Um, you can listen to it anywhere. Uh, Spotify is a big one for you, Brandon. Right? Yeah, yeah. We're on Spotify. Yeah. All the yeah, we we've we've made our way onto everything at this point, right? Absolutely. You, you need yep. it. You need to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank y'all for having me. I really appreciate you guys. Pat, what do creepy stories, funny ghost memes, and inside ghostly information have in common? Um, my life. <laughs> well, yes, but <laughs> no, it's also Ghostly Society on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I mean, that too, of course. I, but aren't all ghostly listeners in Ghostly Society? Not yet. What? I mean, that means that they're missing out on all my jokes. Yeah, they are. And missing out on chatting and sharing with other listeners and us, of course. We love talking to our listeners. If you haven't yet, you should consider joining our private group on Facebook called Ghostly Society. Let's hope now they will. Unless they're a woman in white. All right, Rebecca, we are back. It's been a couple of days since we did our talk with Brandon. Uh And I just wanted to see if you have any other additional thoughts about this. 
I, you know, I think to go back to our our question, right? The official question for this episode, which is, did Julia Brown predict her town's destruction? I I think yes. I don't yeah. know that she caused it, mm-hmm. but I do think she may have been able to predict it. Yeah, that's you know, it's kind of like we. There's no proof that she caused it. There's no, but there is some proof that she might have predicted it, and. That's why I gave it a four. I don't know if it's supernatural based or anything like that. I'm just, to me, it's like, I can't, can't argue that there is fact that she existed. There is fact that she lived on the swamp. There is fact that she would sit out on her front porch. There is fact that she would play her guitar and sing songs. Yeah. Did she make a song about the destruction of the town? I don't know, but I think I think it's very possible that she did just because it's I mean, it is apocryphal in some ways, meaning it's something that people say they heard. Right. Yeah. But the fact that that young girl like you know, her parents seem to believe a lot of this stuff. I mean, you know, it's hard to know. Again, I don't know if it's supernatural either. I think it could just be that she just kind of knew the environment and knew how things went. But I don't know. There wasn't necessarily any any evidence that she had lived through such a big hurricane before. So I'm not sure if she would recognize the sign. So, you know, maybe she did get just some sort of uh, premonition. Well, that I will say that everybody that lives in New Orleans in that area knows that um, there are hurricanes that can take out everything. You you know that because of the flooding that happens, you know, if five minutes of rain, it floods, you know, it's, there's not enough pumps that are working. There's not enough, um, there, it's just not designed to be able to take on that much water. Right. But back then, I mean, they didn't have, you know, the, you know, channel, whatever weather report, you know, that would give you the, especially where they were. Yeah. So I think uh, it was a little different. Um, but anyways, it's an interesting thought. Uh, yeah. I, I hope um, if they get some more evidence that we can have an update episode at some point in the future. I would love him. to up. Yeah, I would love to be able to change my <laughs> my rating from a four <laughs> down. So yeah. I'm hoping that they have evidence against it, but you know, we'll see. But I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so yet. I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, But anyways, uh, I would like to give a shout out to our VIP patrons, uh, which I would consider to be, you know, our producers. Absolutely. So we have Emily. Alicia. Carrie. Becky. Kim. Ta. Ernie. Marisol. Jayla. Cindy. Kevin. Nicole. Darnay. Jessica. Sarah. Linda. Alice. Austin. Aaron. Hope. And finally, Candy. Uh, On the next episode, we will finally get to our Boston (laughs) University Theater, uh, and it comes out on June 28th. So until then, stay ghostly. Bye.